Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Stud Show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. All right, we're here. We're on the air. All right, well. Wow. Well, a little rusty there. <laughs> you don't have to wake me up. Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino. I just jumped in there on you. How'd you like that one? Oh, I liked it. All right, it's a Monday. Monday's after Sunday. That means we're a long way from Friday. All right, how about that logic for you here on the Gridiron Stud Show today? It's um, Monday, and you're already thinking about th- Friday. Wait, let me understand this. Already it's Monday. Thinking, already, already thinking about the weekend, man. I wish it. I wish this one was longer, but nevertheless. It is here. We are in the uh, dog days of the spring where there isn't a ton of uh, football action going on. But nevertheless, there's always something to talk about in the world of football. The NFL and college football have made it that way. It's been aided by social media and the Internet. So always stuff to talk about on the show today. Today we'll talk about spring football. Do we make too much out of it? Do we make too much out of spring football? Um, uh, You can't tell the folks in Nebraska that 76 thousand strong showing up to the spring football game does that mean there's nothing to do in nebraska or they really really love nebraska football <laughs> that's what, wait, wait that's what i that. said yesterday i threw that article up on on facebook and said you know i'm, I'm trying to decide how i feel about this did, did you have nothing to do in lincoln nebraska on an april afternoon and that's fine it just i mean nothing wrong with that you say there's nothing else to do or do you really love the Cornhuskers that much? And that'll tie nicely into our poll later in the show. Uh, you and I are going to rank what we think are the top five most rabid fan bases, so we'll see if Nebraska makes the cut. We we shall do that. And we're talking college football, right? Hooky. Yeah, right? I'm not rabid including fan the NFL. Bases for college football. Well, no, I'm talking there. They're, you know, that might differ from college basketball to to college football. You know. You oh, so. uh, yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Duke makes the cut in basketball, but probably oh, not. Oh, no football. doubt. But they would not for football. Absolutely, <laughs> no. would not make the cut. So, well, partner, you know, we're doing a football show. So I mean, even though I know we digressed on Friday, we got on all kinds of subjects. I'm guessing that we always mean football, Man, unless you tell me it's otherwise. The, it's the spring, so we get to give love <laughs> to all these other sports uh, here in April because you know. Uh, once football season rolls around, we got we got no time for anything. Well, like if Kentucky that, so. makes your list for rabbit fan bases, I know you're drinking down there in the morning, and I know you don't drink. Yeah, uh, well, n- no, I don't, and uh, no, Kentucky does not make it. But uh, nevertheless, I just wanted to make that clarification for those listening at home. So you know that that is that is the case. That is follow the case. along right. with our with uh, with the show today if you're listening at home. You need to be on your toes. You need to call us if you disagree with us. And we, we like people so, who disagree. Yeah, absolutely. Pos- positively disagreeing, not a not a problem. Not a problem here on the Gridiron Stud Show. So feel free to call in. The number to do so is 347-633-9365. Again, 
855 if you want to call into the show today uh, with your opinion on anything that we're speaking on or anything we didn't touch that maybe you would like to bring up here as a topic here on the Gridiron Stud Show today. Hey, are you guys, are your uh, Cowboys any closer to getting Adrian Peterson? What are the developments on that? Uh, You know, I I think they've got everybody guessing because obviously to do that you need a willing trade partner. And, you know, there may be some reluctance. And I don't know if it was you or someone else I heard pointing this out. You might have been saying this Friday. Um, I'm not sure the Vikings want to trade with the Cowboys because I think they're still even, even though, even though it's new management and ownership and everything else, I think there's still that taste in their mouth from the Herschel Walker deal. <laughs> right, right. True, true, true. You know, but, but, but that said, if you're them, do you really want a guy who's going to make, I think, $12 million this year? and doesn't want to play for you. I mean, do you really want to pay that kind of money to a 30-year-old running back who probably has a couple years, two or three left, as you pointed out, and doesn't want to play for you? So the question becomes, you know, I don't think pro players tank it, but I do think that being human like the rest of us, if you're a little bit dinged up, not feeling great, are you really going to go and kill yourself in a place you don't want to be? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's the question the Vikings have to ask. Now, the the Cowboys' question becomes, are we tying up $12 million of cap space for this guy? The answer there is probably no. So I think for a trade to happen, first the Vikings have to come to their senses and realize, hey, if we can get a second-round pick for this guy, that's a pretty valuable pick, and we can clear out $12 million of cap space. We played last season without him anyway. Um, Let's do it. And then I think Peterson has to come to a conclusion that I really want to play in Dallas, but – even though I'm the best running back in the league, most likely, or top three with Marshawn Lynch and a few others, do they're not going to pay me $12 million bucks? I think he's got to come to right. that conclusion. Because I don't think Dallas is, is writing a check to him for $12 million this year. Not when there's this many running backs available in the draft and they have so much money tied up in their offensive line and other positions that free up the running game like wide receiver and quarterback. I think Dallas is quite comfortable taking a guy like a Melvin Gordon or a a girly or even a Duke Johnson and saying, we'll play with with that. We don't need Adrian Peterson. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, I, I mean, I, we can dream, though, right? For some reason, I would like to see You want to see like it because you want to see if the dude can get 2,500 yards. I mean, let's be honest. You love no, that. because I'm an Eric Dickerson <laughs> fan. You know that. I want the I know, you want to see, sure. but you want to see what Adrian Peterson, is, as most football fans and non-cowboy haters uh, want to, you know, want to see if this guy behind that offensive line, with the talent around him, can get 2,500 yards. I want to see it. Hell, I'm a cowboy fan. I'd love to see it. Yeah, true, true. true I mean, could really he not? True. Do you think he could? Let's, if he's healthy, let me Rest ask. Rush for 2,500 yards. If he's healthy. Um, sure, why not? I mean, he came damn close uh, in Minnesota. Because he's getting the ball um, 350. If he plays for the Cowboys at the end of his career, Dallas knowing that we're not saving this guy for anything, you know, we get two years out of him, we'd be thrilled. If he played there, you know he's getting as many touches as Murray, at least handoffs. If he gets 350, he's not going to get 2,500. You're talking about seven yards of carry. I don't think no, 350 or more, I'm saying. He'll get three. I mean, he may get 400 carries in Dallas if he plays there. Uh, to, if he gets 2,500, he's probably done soon thereafter because it would take – take a good amount of carries. I mean, let, let's do a little quickie math. Let's say he had a really great year um, and averaged five and a half yards a carry, which would be a really great year. He'd have to get the ball 454 times. Yeah, okay. I don't well, know maybe what, I don't, yeah, that's a lot, that's a lot <laughs> of yards, man. That, that really is yeah. a lot of yards. So, I think that team no. with him, 
I, I think that that offense specifically with him w- would be, you know, again we're on paper, so you know it has to be played out on the field, but would be scary good. I mean, I would I would not sleep at night if I was a defensive coordinator. <laughs> If I was playing them on a oh, Sunday. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And I don't remember what he had in Minnesota when he made that run at, at uh, Eric Dickerson's record. Yeah, yeah uh, 2,100 or something, I, I think. No, no. I don't I don't remember what he had in terms of uh, receivers. Um, who was the quarterback then? I don't think it's uh, – I don't think it's – it's anything like what they have in Dallas that would be surrounding him. So yeah, you know. No, I mean, um, it's, listen, it's something I think for fans. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen before the draft. I, I mean, the Cowboys are, are definitely a legit top six, top seven NFL team. Meaning they're a contender for a Super Bowl. They're not going into the season without a, you know a plan at running back. Now they have part of that plan between McFadden and Randall and guys like that who will take some carries. But I think that you know they want another guy to take another fifteen to twenty carries a game. So either they trade for Peterson or they're getting you know with this draft there's so many guys. I mean you and I can make a list. We probably will before the show, before the draft. There's probably I would say eight running backs, and I don't know what your feeling mm-hmm. is that are legitimate at least on paper NFL caliber running backs. Um, yes, there is, and and so there is an incentive for them perhaps to. to you know, maybe stay out of the whole Adrian Peterson thing and go after one of these young guys because, you know, you're going to get longer service, obviously. Well, I mean, real um, quick, you know, quick off the top of my head, you got Gurley, you got the guys we talk about, Gordon, you got Coleman from Indiana, you got Duke from down your way. You've got Buck Allen, who doesn't get much bench, but there's a 1,500-yard back. You got the kid uh, from, I think he's from Nigeria, that played for Boise State, Jay, and his last name starts with an A. A big guy, six six foot, 225, fast. I mean, you got, like I said, seven, eight legitimate guys that coming out in this draft, the kid from Nebraska, he's a little slender, um, Abdullah, is that his name? I mean, he's, I mean you got yeah. legitimate Amir running Abdullah. backs in this. Very yeah, good got, running back. Yeah, you got a this lot a of running backs. good year for running backs, no doubt. Very, very good year for running backs because there, there are a ton of them that uh, could definitely be impact players on NFL teams. So, um, again, A lot of it, as you yeah, always obviously. say, is the right system. I mean, for a back – uh, you know, especially at that position, it's getting in the right situation. I mean, there's kids coming out that, while they will be NFL caliber players, they're going to go to the wrong situation, and fans are going to say, "Oh, he was a bust." But with running backs, I mean, really, to me, that's so important. Getting, you know, getting on a team that can take some pressure off you with the passing game, getting on a team that can open a few holes for you in the running game, and you know, you can come out and get in the wrong situation and look absolutely horrible. But that doesn't mean you're a horrible player. I mean, if that um, you know, if I'm saying that correctly. Right, exactly. Well, exactly. So we'll see how that unfolds. Uh, this came across the news wire over the, overnight. Uh, it's the end of the road for Lou Holtz at ESPN. The, uh, both, well, the press release is saying that it's on mutual agreement. Um, um, I, I don't know what to make of that there. You know, Holtz has often been uh, the butt of jokes on social media because of, you know, his, uh, the the, some of the slurs he has in his speech, you know, yeah. he has a problem with the letter but S he admits and stuff that. like I mean, that. He, he makes fun of himself. Holtz always made fun of himself with that. Right. So, um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's strange because on one hand, someone is saying that he had wanted to retire after the 2014 season. But this, when you start having to say stuff like Holtz leaves ESPN on mutual agreement, that doesn't sound like a retirement. 
you just don't use a term like mutual agreement when you're talking about retiring. Well, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know your Lou feelings because you and I never spent a lot of time off air discussing Lou Holtz. But I mean, I always felt like the last few years that dynamic in the studio with him and and Mark May is getting a little old for me. But that's you know, this is my opinion. Um. Yeah. Well. Uh. I mean. I mean. What. What. What is your opinion on it? Well, I just think you know they play. I don't know if it's a game. Sometimes it almost looks like. May has discussed it with Holtz. I don't know, you know, he comes across as a little arrogant, and maybe that's, the, I don't know if they have a shtick going or if they really, you know, fundamentally disagree, but it seems like any time they ask a question in that studio about about a particular matchup they're talking about, they're always on the opposite ends of it, and, you know, it's it's like they're seeing it from two different spectrums, and I don't know if that's how they just play it, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just time to change it up there. He's 78 years old. He's still sharp. I mean, I'm sure you're going to find him, if he's interested, turning up on another network, doing some stuff, because the guy, you know, obviously knows a lot about football, and and he has a following of people that do like him. But I'm okay with that, switching it up a little bit. They got a lot of college guys over at ESPN that can step in. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a a bunch of guys that, uh, you know, will come in um, every year. There's an influx of Qualify well, not, let me not say qualified. You're not always qualified when you get that job at ESPN, but um, guys that would be interesting to put in front of the camera. So um, good, I'm sure good, they will. Good, good, uh, good save there because I was going to say, wait a second here, qualified? Yeah, yeah, not not always qualified, but um, ESPN is good at what they do. They are good at what they do. So. They've got a, they've they've got a formula, and you know obviously it works for them. I mean, you and I are. I think it's a lot of guys over the age of thirty five. I'm going to say because I throw this out there a lot locally, and I get people agreeing with us. Most guys older than I'd say thirty five or forty t- tune into ESPN only for the games they cover. Period. Um, we're just not into the rest of what they do, but they they seem to have tapped into a younger generation. I'd love to see what they're. Uh, internal ratings and polling shows in different demographics. I bet you they're very strong in that 18 to 34-year-old demographic because that seems to be, at least from my perspective, how they do their like sports centers and other shows. True, true, true. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's how they do things over there at ESPN. They get oh, the I'm not faulting them. Listen, if you're, they're in a business. People hate them quite a bit, though. You do, we do realize that, but they are good at what they do. They're good. I'm saying people hate them, and I think we're seeing it through our eyes. People above that age of 35, I think, look at them and say, you guys are, 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 are sports and entertainment. No, you're entertainment and then maybe a little bit of sports. You know what I'm trying to say? But I think exactly. that, that exactly. TMZ crowd, which is that 18 to 34-year-old, you know, watching e-entertainment a lot, I think they kind of like, they dig what they do. I mean, you watch their highlights, and if you flip through a sports center, it's nothing like we grew up with. I mean, their sports centers are all over the map. That's why I don't watch them. The few times I see them every year, I, I can only take 10, 15 minutes because I'm like, where's the damn sports? Ah, um, well, they're just um, appealing to the they're appealing to the masses and the fan base. So that's uh, that's how they that's how they get things done at ESPN, and they're printing money over there. So who can be mad? All right, we need to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk spring football. Should we care? Should we not care? And uh, should we be uh, should we be concerned that 76,000 people showed up to a spring football game in Nebraska? We'll talk about that in a moment when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this.
27 season. Summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner. And you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now.
We're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show. A little bit of technical difficulty. Ten twenty-one here on the east, on the east side of the land, and uh, we're talking spring football. Um, I think spring football has turned into a media event, kind of like uh, some like the draft and the combine and all that. Would you agree or disagree? Well, yeah, you have ESPNU. They need something to carry. I mean, that's, see, that's really what's driving all this is is just that there's so much media out there. You know, the internet's one thing. You go to your, you know, I don't know if you have direct TV or Dish Network. It really doesn't matter. Cable. You have a couple hundred channels, depending on the package you have. So, you know, you've got Fox Sports Channel. You've got CBS Sports Channel. You've got the NBC Sports Channel. You've got all the ESPN Sports Channels. They need something to put on. I mean, what are you going to cover? Um, Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And then, you know, uh, Saturday they had a whole bunch of uh, uh, spring games coming together. Uh, you had Mississippi, you had Ole Miss, you had South Carolina, you had Florida, and the SEC Network had a, one hell of a time trying to put uh, all of those games on that one network. They were bouncing around from, from game to game, but they wanted to make sure you saw everything and you got reports on it and all that good stuff. But, um, I, yeah, it's turned into a media event, a way to keep people interested in in the sport year-round. So. Kudos to them. For, well, you would consider you know, me, right, a pretty rabid fan as far as my teams that I like, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. If you if you said to me, hey, listen, we'll fly you out to California, you can go to the USC spring game, honestly, I have no interest. I mean, I, I have interest in going to California right now because it's nice out there, but no interest in going to the spring game. Can't, couldn't even get into um, it. No. Not interested. Nope. In, no, I understand. Like someone game. like you who has a, a kid playing, sure, I could. I mean, I, that I get. But just to go, I mean, what, what do I want to see my team run run their own plays against their own defense? I mean, come on. I have no interest uh, in that. Because you, you just want to see the guys. No, no interest. Just, I just don't. I'm just being honest with you, and I love it. I mean, I. But that's just something that I. I, I mean, you know, maybe if I could walk into the stadium and watch. 35 or 40 minutes of it like you know I lived close by or something like that yeah I might have some interest in that but if you're telling me making a day of it I just don't I'm just not as much as I love it like I guess maybe because I'm more end driven it's one of those things it's like it doesn't count it's just like I'm going to watch them practice I don't want to watch them practice why not Come on, man. You know, <laughs> what kind of fan are you? I got to really question your fanhood right now, you know. I know. I really I'm just telling you. It's just, like, it's just like these guys that tell me, you know, they're going to their NFL team's training camp for a day. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> have fun. You would never do that? You would never go watch the Cowboys? Never have. If the Cowboys no. set up their, if they set up their, you know, training camp somewhere in the in the Philly area near wherever you are, not, you know, close We have it down. So the Eagles do practice right an hour from here in Lehigh every year. So, yeah, I know what, you know what you're saying. So if it's an hour away, um, I'm not going to say never because you can't say never and always in life. I'm saying most likely not. I'm a 46-year-old grown-ass man. I love these guys watching them play, but I'm not looking for an autograph. Now, maybe if 
my grandson or something was at an age where he would understand an autograph, maybe I'd go, and if it meant something to a kid in my family like that, in that situation, but to just go, like, what am I going to do there? Hey, Dad, hey, Dad, I'm not going to do that. Come on. You're not going to go, you know, pine for some autographs and stuff like that? No, I never not did. Too, uh, I never got. I mean, too, you're just too cool for all that. I'm not stuff. too cool. I have one autograph in I'm my office. Question your fanhood. My question your my, fanhood. One autograph. My wife bought me a Nolan Ryan autograph baseball years ago when we first were married. That's the only. I've never asked the guy for his autograph. Never. I, I don't get that. I really don't. I don't mean that. No, I don't. I don't do that autograph thing too either. I don't know what. But the you played. Is. It's different for you. It's different. You know a lot of. But I guys. never have. I've never been that guy. Even when I I had didn't hadn't played college football or anything like that. I just I don't know. I was just never into that whole get the autograph thing. Now yeah, I don't like, know. Like sign this I piece of paper for business, me. What does maybe. that mean? What does that mean? Sign this piece of paper for me. Unless it's on a check, I don't want your signature. <laughs> it's a keepsake, man. Sign a ball. Sign a jersey. Sign your wife's breast. You know, I, mean, I do think. <laughs> I do think it's cool if you get like you like you like the Yankees, right? If you had like a Jeter, like you bought a piece where it was a Jeter jersey autographed and in glass. Like I think that's really cool. That kind of autograph where you purchase it, it's in glass. It's something you can display maybe in your office or wherever you you have a room in the house. But to physically chase a guy down for an autograph, I don't, that I don't get. Mm, yeah, well, describe physically. I mean, well, come up and ask the guy, or you chase the guy to the locker room. Listen, and, I wish you know, I wish you could have saw it because lob you live in. At him if he says no. Let me tell you a funny story. You live in an area where there's a lot of professional athletes, so it's not as big a deal probably down there when people see them around necessarily. Jeter rehabbed up here either last year or the year before. He, the Yankees AAA team is up in the northeastern Pennsylvania, the Grand Wilkesbury area, and the poor guy went, and we have a lot of good. You know, Italian restaurants around here. It's a big area. So he probably went for a meal somewhere in a town where I won't name it because I don't want to embarrass the town. But they had a picture of him on the front of the paper. The poor guy was running down the street. People were chasing him. You'd swear to God. You'd swear to God the president was here. And, and <laughs> I don't think they chase the president. That's how we are in this country now. Would not chase the president. We will chase your local baseball. Yeah, hero but you know what I'm saying. On end. You swear to God, it was like you saw the president of the United States back in the day. I mean, this guy's running down. I mean, Jeter had this look of disgust on his face, like you know, get the f away from me. Yeah, well, you know, I would take a picture with a guy. I'll do that much. Uh, sure, that's cool. Know, we met. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, I'll cool. do. I'll do that thing. I don't. The whole autograph thing. I don't know. I no, don't, I don't. I, I, don't I don't get it. I'm not even. I'm not judging. I mean, the picture. But I would take a picture. Like if a guy was there and I said, "Hey, do you mind?" If it, if it wasn't in a urinal or walking up to his table, if he was standing there and I could say, "No, hey, do you mind if I get a picture?" And he and he didn't seem disgusted. I'd I'd be thrilled. But I mean, I'm not gonna. You know, you got fans. They, like Paul Newman said once, a guy asked him for his autograph standing at a urinal peeing next to him. I mean, it's like, come on. Uh, <laughs> true, true, true. Um, um, I wouldn't put that past anyone either. You know what I mean? No. Uh, they, they, well, listen, now they they the one spring football thing, can you, can you and I at least throw out our, our, our rabid fan bases? I'd love to hear if anybody's got a thought on how if they think we're off the mark with this. Because you and I, I haven't gone over your five, and you haven't gone over mine. But, I, I you know, I'd love well, to throw I'll, it out know, there. I'll, I'll certainly let you go first on that. I'm sure I'm going to miss someone um, in, in well, my rabid fan base. There's a lot to choose bases. from. 
there's a lot to choose from. Just so you know in advance, I won't put my my Trojans in this list. I think they have a really great fan base, but they had 22,000 people at their spring game, which is what I'd figure in a place where you got other things to do. They've got a really good national fan base, but that's not what I consider a rabbit, so I'm just trying to give you my criteria. I mean, Yeah, people, yeah let's lay, lay out the criteria there. Fan bases that are they like off the charts nuts. We'll give some examples. I will as we go along here. Um of why I did put teams where I did. Well, I'll give you an example. I'm going to start with number five. Okay, my number five fan base. They're annoying. Um, they're. I know they piss most of us off, but there's a lot of them. And I'm going to say it's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Okay, mm-hmm. and you really realize how good Notre Dame, how big Notre Dame's fan base is when Notre Dame is decent. Like you know, they went away for about 12 years. They hadn't done anything. Then all of a sudden. Two, three years ago, they got to that 12-0 and season where they won all those games at the end, and Alabama crushed them in the national championship game. And you found Notre Dame fans you didn't even know existed. They have a huge fan base. People travel from all over the country to get to a stadium in South Bend, Indiana, which is not exactly a destination location. So for me, Notre Dame is the fifth most rapid fan base. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number four. There it is. You talked about them earlier, and that's that's not an anomaly. Nebraska fans are crazy. Okay, they're a great fan base. From you know, from what I've what I've heard from people who've gone out there. I had an uncle who went out there years ago for a Penn State game, and I know some other people. Uh, a very uh, as far as fan bases go, very polite fan base. I'm going to equate them to the NFL, the Packers, for the most part. Um, they cheered their team after USC beat the hell out of them a couple of years ago out there, actually cheered cheered them leaving the field. They stayed till the end. This is a fan base that just loves Nebraska football. And there isn't a lot to do in Nebraska. There's no other professional sports team, so they are the only game in town. And I'm going to say that that's the number four most rabid fan base. Okay. Number Number three. Going to the Southeast Conference, I don't know how you can exclude LSU from any <laughs> list that, of rabid fan base. I can't wait to hear this one. Why is LSU on the list? They're just nuts. I mean, those people down there turn that. I mean, football is religion. I mean, that's a, you, a night game at LSU is just an excuse for people to start drinking at 9 in the morning till they kick off at 8 o'clock at night. They come early. They stay late. And there's a lot of them. I mean, and, and it is – to. You know, to me, if you told the people in Louisiana we're shutting down a football program, either LSU or the New Orleans Saints, they'd all be saying shut down the Saints because we want our Tigers. I mean, that is that is to me one of the best fan bases in the country. You disagree? Uh, best? Um, I don't. I don't know if I'm calling them rabid. I need a little bit of. You know what? They might be because they have been known to throw D cell batteries. From the stands at the opposing team. So, yeah, good call on LSU. They're not okay, in my well, list, by the way. But now, two and one, I, I think, them. are, to me, evident. Now, maybe not to you because I can't wait to see hear what you say, but number two to me has to be the Texas Longhorns. I mean, that is just like a fan base. That's all they care about are the Texas Longhorns, period. They have their own damn television network. They live, mm. breathe, and eat Texas Longhorn football as Charlie Strong is finding out. So, you know, with that privilege of having your own network comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure. But to me, 
I mean, that, that is definitely one rabbit fan base. And don't mistake rabbit with crazy and throwing D-cell batteries necessarily. They may uh, act differently when their team loses, and they may not go as ballistic in, in a way that we can see. But trust me, those boosters put pressure on that football program to win and win big. And, uh, you know, they, they spend a lot of money. They, they get a lot of money from the boosters. It, to me, that's just a rabbit fan base, crazy fan base. Uh, I'm, I can agree with that. Texas is football in Texas. We know about football in Texas, so they uh, absolutely had to make the list. No doubt about that. Number one has to be to me Alabama. I mean, this is we need a state, drum roll for that. Yeah, you know, this is a state with no no professional football team. I mean, when Saban came in as coach years ago, there were stories of, of a lady and a couple of ladies that kept their children home from school to go to the airport so they could get a glimpse. And this is from the story. They could get a glimpse of the new Alabama football coach. Maybe just touch him or have him touch their well, forehead. Now, uh, all right, let's hold up on Alabama. Have they always been that way? Would you have always put them in? Or is this Alabama now because uh, – Nick Saban is there and they're winning. Dial back, dial back in your memory bank to the days when you were a kid and Bear Bryant was there. I mean, they, they, they would listen. I had to leave some good, good programs. With I don't crazy have much things. memory banks from that far. Okay, I mean, you know. Well, he was there till late seventies and early eighties. You were, you were a young guy, but I mean, they're still wearing his cap at the games. These people die for Alabama football. They're, what do you do in Birmingham or Tuscaloosa? If you don't have Alabama mm-hmm. football on a Saturday. Um, truck truck racing? Uh, I don't know. Muddy. I mean, no, to me, listen, I've left off some fan though. bases. I'm pissing people off because, you know, I'm sure, you know, Ohio State's out there and saying, what about us? Great fan base. But I could only pick five. I mean, Ohio State's a great – Florida, great fan base. But, see, it's hard for me to include Florida and Florida State because there's just more things to do in Florida. Regardless, even if you're not down in Miami, there's still Wait, more. Wait, so things. being a rabid fan base really centers around what is, there is to do out on the town locally. Is that is that? No, but I think it? I think one drives the other. I think it's easier, you know, if you're up in Gainesville and the Gators have a crappy season like they did last year, it's easier to shrug your shoulders and say, "Well, that town, really... the, that town, that town is about the school, though." Gainesville I understand. Is about the I understand. No I'm near. not. Listen, I had to pick ten. You you want me? I could basically include the entire SEC well, five, if you actually. want to. Not ten, five. Yeah, but I could only pick five, and I could put the whole SEC and and make a list of ten if you want me to. Because you probably, all, you probably could, man. And uh, I but, guess it, if you look at it that way, it is a function of the uh, the area in which. I mean, Tennessee's got a rabbit. You've been to Tennessee. Tennessee's got a rabbit fan base. Florida's got a rabbit fan base. I mean. The, the SEC is a different animal. I'm trying to make a list that's all-encompassing and saying, let me pick the best of the SEC. And to me, it's close. I mean, I, you could make an argument for Florida and Tennessee in this conversation, but I just think Alabama and LSU have the two just craziest fan bases. Okay. Well, let us let me come out with my list. But before that, let's recap for those just joining our discussion here. Who were your top five? Notre Dame's five. Nebraska is four, LSU is three, Texas Longhorns two, and the most rapid fan base, according to me, Alabama. All right, well, here's my list. I'm putting them in there at number five because they were just absolutely 
out of their minds uh, over this past year, really, two years, but really so this past football season, leading up to this football season and into the football season. They do have a tremendously large stadium that they do tend to pack during most seasons. Uh, Very rare that they don't. But their fan base went after the coach, and then they went after the athletic director, and they succeeded, and I think, in getting both of them out of the door. And that fan base is Michigan. Uh, Hmm. I'm going to put Michigan in there. I don't know how much there is to do around Ann Arbor if we need to put that in there as part of the discussion. But um, what I saw out of them this past football season and trying to run guys out of town uh, definitely earns them a trip onto my top five list as, as a top Very interesting. I can't argue that. I mean, it's a good, it's a good, good point. Good oh, yeah, point. They, I can't argue. They went hard. They they went hard after. Oh, ben they did. Rose. No, they did. They they definitely and they succeeded. They succeeded. I I think a lot of what happened there um, um, was started by the fans. Whether people want to believe that or not, I think a large part of him being out the door and and the administration and the athletic director not having patience um, has to do with with that with the fan base. So. Um, Michigan's number five on my list. Number four is someone that's on your list, and that's Notre Dame. Uh, they're everywhere. We can't get away from them. Um, so, uh, you know, and, they, and it's all Notre Dame, and they've got the, the contract with NBC, and so they can look down their nose at everyone, even though they haven't sniffed the national title in quite some time. Um, it's your Notre Dame. Well, they Irish sniffed fans. it until Alabama pop pounded them in the mango pulp. <laughs> I don't. I can't even count that as a sniff, man. It might as well have not gone. The way they got drug up and down uh, Sun Life Stadium on that day. So, um, yes, Notre Dame is definitely on my list. They're five on your list. They're four on mine. Um, this next school obviously has to be on the list. Football is king in Texas, um, and, and and we know all about that. We know about high school football in Texas, and we know how every young child, every young male child born in the state of Texas is uh, already committed to uh, the Longhorns by the time the doctor smacks them across the rear end. So um, we know about Texas fans, and uh, they tried to they tried to run Charlie Strong out of town before he even got there, some of these guys. So football is big in Texas, and uh, you can't have a top five rabbit fan, fan base list without having Texas on it. Number two, man, just on the fact that this isn't only this year. Uh, this is every year with Nebraska. They pack the house in for spring football. They do it like no one else. 76000 this year. They've done eighty before, I believe. Um, so there's a tremendous amount of support there, obviously, for the football team. And when they're winning like that, and I mean when they're winning, winning, um, you know, playing for and winning national championships, um, they're a very difficult fan base to deal with. Um, you know what concerns me is that you and I did another list without talking to each other, and right now you've got three of the first four that I picked, or vice versa, however you want to look at it. Yeah, well, it's a five list, and I don't. Uh, two that are on your list are not on mine. Uh, I, my number one list has to go to any fan base that would lose their mind in the fashion in which this fan base did when a coach left. I mean, burning jerseys, pissing on jerseys. Um, lobbing internet threats, man. Tennessee, and on top of that, they've got a they've got a big old stadium. They packed like crazy, uh, and I happen to go to that stadium this year, and they love themselves some Tennessee Volunteers football. But the antics after Lane Kiffin left Tennessee to go to USC was uh, not only hilarious but also frightening, to be honest with you. So 
I got to give it to the guys that burned jerseys and pissed on jerseys and made uh, made videos, um, profanity-laced videos, um, talking about um, what they wanted to do to Lane Kiffin and all that other good stuff. So Tennessee uh, gets my vote. Yeah, I'm a little remiss that I left Tennessee off my list because you make some good <laughs> points there. And I mentioned them, you know, I, I really, you know, Florida and Tennessee were real close to making my list because, you know, I mean, the Gators, as you know, they have some crazy fans too. But I, uh, they do. I, I just, I just oh, can't oh, get Listen, a- anyone that's anything in college football have some crazy fans. It's just a level of crazy. And I thought Tennessee crossed all kinds of levels when, when Lane Kiffin left. I mean, I was thoroughly entertained by their fan base uh, when he decided he was leaving and going to USC. I mean, the videos and the stuff that was put out there was just uh, A1. And, then, you know, on top of that, though, let me not just make it all kind of negative for Tennessee. I will say this in the recruiting game, Tennessee fans are really, really good with the recruits. They do support the recruits. Um, and by and large, you don't see them really attacking recruits uh, when they change their mind and they don't go to Tennessee or, and, and things of that nature. Yeah, you're going to have some of that, but considering how, how many of them get involved in recruiting, um, you just don't see, you don't see the real venomous attacks out of Tennessee fans when a recruit doesn't choose their school. And then when I mean, I mean listen, another one that we both left Tennessee, off. I mean, uh-huh. we both left Ohio State off, and, I mean, they have a crazy fan base. Oh, well, they were close. When I was thinking Michigan, I was thinking Ohio State as well. So it was a lot back and forth. Michigan got the lean at the tape because of what they did this past season and getting Brady Hoke out of town and, uh, you know, threatening the athletic director. Who engaged them, by the way? I never understood why he engaged fans on that level and kind of really um, – Lacked a little bit of professionalism that you need, and and yeah, he was asking, he was asking for trouble with that. Just you know, you got with with fans, you just got to let them go, let them you know, you can't pay, you got to almost pretend they don't exist when you're when you're on that level. Yeah, yeah, you just got to really tune out the noise. You can't really engage them on the level in which he did, and ultimately, uh, he had to move on from Michigan. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we get back, we'll find something in the NFL to talk about. And uh, also talk about some of the, uh, the, the NBA's winding down. Do you care? We'll ask ourselves that question when we get back on the Gridiron Sports Show after this. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. 
Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. All right, we're back. The hits just keep coming from Blog Talk Radio. It's one of those days there. Anyway, 1047. We're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. Don't know what the deal is, but I can have you write in a uh, strongly worded letter. You want me to write in one of my nasty grams? Listen, all I know is we're doing a radio show, and some guy comes outside my office window and decides he wants to blow leaves right now. Right now, I'm ready to go. Forget blog talk radio. I'm ready to go outside and turn this leaf blower on him. (laughs) And let me tell you, I can hear it, and our listeners can hear it too. But nevertheless, whatever life gets in the way, what can we what can we do about that? Hey, listen, uh, did you watch the Masters at all? Did you did you get into uh, any? Of I did that? watch it a little bit. I mean, I'm not one of these guys that watches all four days or even you know four hours in a day. But I on Saturday I watched probably about an hour of it, and on Sunday I caught another hour hour and a half of it off and on between you know other things. We were, it was you know believe it or not here when we get really nice weather like this time of year we get all excited and go outside unlike you guys who are used to it. So. Uh, you know. Now we go outside too, and uh, well, I know you go outside, but you don't get too excited. It's like, oh, it's sunny again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw, yeah. I saw Speed. Uh, well, he killed it. He was great. The kid was great. Yeah. Um, is Tiger Woods ever going to win this thing ever again? In your opinion, is he ever going to make his way back up this? It's mountain? not a Tiger thing. I mean, people are. You, I always knew it was going to be hard for him to break Nicholas's record because what people forget is. Golf, while you can play till you're 50 in the regular tour, it's very hard to win a lot once you get over that age of 35, 36, 37. You can still win occasionally, but golf's like every other sport. Things go, and people say, oh, why? What could go for a golfer? Their putting stroke goes a little bit, their hands, stuff like that. I mean, Tiger still crushes the ball, but little things that these guys can do when they're very young, um, it becomes more difficult as they hit. You know, they get married. Life gets in the way, as you just said. Well, it gets in the way for these guys. You know, I mean, they have things mm-hmm. going on. When Tiger was 21, the only thing he cared about was golf. He didn't have kids. He didn't have anything going on. He golfed. True, true. Uh, so life got in his way. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like he was horrible in this event. I mean, you know, he tied for 17th. You know, you got to remember, these are the best players in the world. Tied for 17th is not a bad week. He shot five under par. It wasn't like this. he was horrible. Um He's been in the top ten, I think they said seven of the last ten years, something like that. So he's close. Mm-hmm. It's just it's very hard to win. He spoiled people by dominating golf so early in the way he did when he first came on tour for those for that first decade. He won so much that people just thought it was always going to be like that. How much of what has uh, happened to him in terms of on the on the course? Um, performance would you attribute to the problems that he had in his marriage a great deal or this was just a natural thing that was going to happen in your opinion just a natural thing people i mean listen his problems were probably uh 
what's the word, out of the ordinary in that <laughs> the way they were, you know, the kind of problems he had and things he was going through. But everybody has things that challenge them in life, whether, you know, they get married, whether it's their kids, whether they have an illness in the family or themselves. So, I mean, that that's just part of life. I don't think that's as big a part of it as his body broke down. I mean, the guy's got, a, you know, a bad back. He's got some back issues. He tore his knee up. I mean, he has a very violent if you watch him, and yeah, I like hey, listen, this guy plays golf, but I swear to you, he's uh, he's got a medical history of someone who played ten, eleven years in the National Football League. How do you mess yourself up this much playing he's golf? Got a, I was going to say that if you talk to people that are really golf golf people, he's got a very violent golf swing. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of things going on. He, he I mean, he, you got to remember, this is a guy who, when he was younger, I mean, he still does, but when he was younger. This guy absolutely demolished golf balls, crushed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a big guy. He lifts weights. Look at the size of him. He doesn't look like any golfer. What's he, about 6'2"? I'm guessing he's probably 6'2", 200 pounds, you think? Probably somewhere around there, at or around 200 pounds. And he's got um, big shoulders. Well together, so. Yeah. I mean, this guy, dudes, he, he has Pulling all kinds of things. And, and broken up backs? Is that what golf brings to the table? Maybe we should change some of the rules in golf. What do you want to change? The, you want to change golf rules now? Golf has gotten too violent, to be quite honest with you. If I could sound like the Bravo Channel people. Maybe oh no! I want to add. I want to add. I think you need to add it. a little violence. Let me give you my idea for a golf game. We put a clock Uh-oh. in, okay? So when you go up to the oh, tee, the already, clock already I don't like this. No, there's 12 seconds. There's 15 seconds. You you put your tee in the ground. You got 12 seconds, and there's a countdown, okay? And a guy in shoulder pads and a helmet starts running at you. And if you don't get that drive off before the clock ends, you get hit. Full contact golf. Yeah. I see a lot of balls in the drink off of that one. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you that right now. Now, that would be impressive. Uh, you want to see a guy hit a ball 300 yards down the center of the fairway under a full blitz. That's impressive. I would be forced to give the whoever that gentleman is uh, quite a bit of props. Did you see this about the better who cashed in on Jordan Spieth? What I mean, happened? Tell, tell me this one now. Two hundred and fifty dollar three leg par uh, parlay. I mean, he was you know, it was, obviously there's a big time better, but basically two hundred and fifty dollar bet turned into two hundred and forty seven thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. How about how about that for a make out? I mean, it involved it, it involved uh, some other parts in the bet. Um, you know, there was some horse races in there, but uh, it was a it was a part of a three. A three-leg parlay, and part of it was um, Jordan Spieth to be the winner. Well, the, I told you, and if you read, I indirectly know a guy, my, a friend of my son-in-law, who is in got in one of those fantasy things on one of the sites, and I don't know if it was ten or twenty bucks to get in. The guy, the guy, literally, no, no kidding, won a million dollars in the Masters one. Did he? He had to pick four and golfers. What did that involve? I'm, I, mean, I guess you pick four. It sounds like he picked four guys before the tournament started. It was a tournament one. That's why the pot was so big. And, you know, based on how they finished, I guess he won. He had, you know, I think he had the top four heading into Sunday, and it didn't finish that way. But because I think he had Spieth, Mickelson, and Rose, so basically he had, the, you know, the three. In those, I don't know if it was any specific order. I think it was just a team. But he had three of the top four guys, so he won. I mean, McElroy finished fourth. Um. I would um, venture to say we should all be so lucky. Hey, this happened, I think, since the last time we were on the air. At least this is when I caught it. 
Uh, Jameis Winston's attorney, did you did you hear his comments uh, about Winston? So, I'll, really, to paraphrase along the lines, he's not ready to be an, uh, an NFL player with money. Did his attorney to, said that? So, attorney. Wow, with friends like that, that, who needs enemies? Like how long? And listen, you gotta, you have to pay attention to that comment coming from that particular person. I mean, we're talking about an attorney that deals with personalities on a regular basis as a, you know, a way of earning a living. And if that person, who's really your whole job as an attorney, your whole, you know, lifeblood and key to success is being able to judge people, character. And if this guy is saying that, what should we make of that? I I would say I would say that if it were me, I would say first of all, does he have does he have a, a case against his attorney? Let me ask you that. I mean, there's a, I there's a I don't, there's a I don't know there's a that. relationship there's a relationship that's that that's there that you know did that 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 attorney break his privilege? Um. I don't know. I don't know anything. I, I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm trying lines. to say? I mean, this is a guy who's commenting based on things he knows about Jameis Winston from being his attorney. But nothing specific. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, that's, that's, he, he's treading on, I, I think, very, very the quote thin. Is not ready to be NFL player off the field. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, mean, I, I would take that it seriously. That would be frightening to me as an NFL team, would it not? If you, I was you, ready to I mean, turn over that much money to a young guy, that would be very frightening to me. Mm-hmm. That would uh, that yeah, would actually I, I, that, I, that not would actually stop Tampa Bay, I think, from taking them. To be honest with you, but it would do you really? the hell out of me if I was them. You think I it's going to stop Tampa Bay? Bay? No, I don't think that it will. Oh no, I, I okay. No, yeah, I don't think it's going to stop. They're real thirsty for some success, and to them. Given what they need, they think this is the best option for them, and they will just, um, you know, pray that he shows a tremendous amount of maturity and growth from uh, his days at Florida State to now, which is, you know, a, a tremendous thing to ask. Yeah, I mean, I think I think at the end of the day they're asking, you know, I don't know why the guy would come out and say that. I mean, I don't know what type of relationship he has, why he feels compelled to say that, but I will say this: I don't think it's stopping Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay needs a quarterback, and they just—I don't think they can pass on this guy. Most people always feel they can fix these guys. I mean, that's that's the problem. You know, Johnny Manziel, same thing. I mean, people said, "Hey, this guy's immature." Blah blah blah. Forget the physical stuff; he's just immature, and everybody figures I could be the person that fixes that. Uh, I'll straighten him out. Yeah, and you know, Johnny Manziel is a, is also in the news, fresh out of his. Um, rehab. I don't know. Here's my deal on on Johnny Manziel and that whole rehab thing. I think people are trying to spin it like, oh, his problems on the field um, had a whole bunch to do with what he was doing off the field. And now that he's out of this rehab, he's a guy that should everyone should really make a huge investment into because, like, watch his play on the field now. Um, it, it may be a spin by those involved with him that have some type of interest in his on the field well doing to say. Hey, you know, he he lost his grip on the job as a Cleveland Browns quarterback last year and it you know, we're trying to say that it was about his off the field activity, so I really think these guys should go give him a shot again uh as being the quarterback because he's cleaned up um his off the field stuff and it has nothing to do with that. 
has nothing to do with no, that. No, I mean, I think, I think the problem fact, with him is he's just... His nuts. Yeah. You may have. Yeah, I you just don't think he was an NFL quarterback. We we talked about it going in. You and I said, I think in our draft show the year the year he came out, we talked about the fact that you know this guy just doesn't have the measurables of what you picture an NFL quarterback being, and the way he plays the game, he's going to get hurt in the NFL. Yeah, and so uh, whatever he was doing off the field, I don't think directly related. Matter of fact, he might have been a better player for it. To be quite honest with you, more carefree and and loose out there, but nothing's going to change the fact that. Um, not only does he not have the dimensions, which is not an absolute killer for you, insert name Russell Wilson there, it's just he doesn't play the game at that size the way it needs to be played from that position to be really successful in the National Football League. So um, he needs to be more Russell Wilson, more Drew Breesish, and he's not that. He's more no. run around Fran Tarkenton, and in this game and in this league at this time with the with the kind of athletes you have on defense, um, Short-lived and not very successful along the way, too. He would have to be surrounded by a ton of talent. Yes, that, and, yeah, uh, that's this, this not is the case in Cleveland. Definitely not the case in Cleveland. So, all right, it's another Monday in the books, my friend. I mean, we made it through technical difficulties and all here on the Gridiron Stud Show. I mean, every now we'll and then we have that, that out for. We'll get them to straighten that out by Friday. Um, yeah, every, you know, it is the Internet, so um, we're kind of at the mercy of, of the networks, or as George Bush we made said, the internets, the internets, the the inter, the internets, uh, and all that good stuff. Nevertheless, we reach the end of another good show here. We want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. I'm back on again tomorrow at the same time, 10 a.m. Be sure to tune in, talk some college football, high school football, college football recruiting, uh, and slide a little NFL in there, and anything else uh, that might come up here in the next 24 hours. So, and, and you never know in this. 24-hour news cycle, what may come up. So I want to thank all of you for listening. Continue to listen to the show. Bring some friends with you. For Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Can you Stranger's hand in a